You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Y'all ready for this? Dave, start Audacity. Already did. Good. Okay. Welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. I am your host, TJ Stevens. Well, I'm problematic. Out of my left earbud. Yeah. Getting off to a banging start here. Joining me, as always, Step Hens. Dollar Bill Day. Yeah. I touch myself. Mm. I, I just need to clip that. Just Dave. <laughs> I touch myself. And Timmy C. <laughs> goo, goo, goo. <laughs> Dave's is awesome, and he got a new hat, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Are you drunk, yes or no? And it's marked on the right-hand side for both. Time moment drawers get my panties wet. I love it. We've covered this butt wipe on a few different occasions. Butt wipe? You don't call people butt wipe anymore? No. I'm not, I'm not seven. Good news is I've limited the producer's amount to screw us over this, so... We're actually going to get to sing along with the songs now. You are welcome. You gotta play for your right to party. Hello and welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. Hi. I am your host, TJ oh. Stevens. Step in. Joining me as always. Dollar Bill Dave. I only have one thing to say. Fuck you, Kurt Herbstreet, you pussy. Yeah. Wow, that, that escalated quickly. I do like him on Thursday Night Football, though. He's good. Uh, keep saying that till we have that Alabama-Texas National Championship game. I hope his dog shits on his pillow when he gets pink eye. <laughs> Twat. Do you want... Do you want to maybe explain to people why you want his dog to shit on his pillow? And ESPN and the college playoff committee fucked Florida State. They did. There's no. Listen, there. I live in Indiana. There is no two ways around it. They absolutely jobbed Florida State. Power five undefeated ACC champions, not in the football playoff. Bullshit. Well, I think we should start with a debate about whether ACC is really a Power Five conference or not this year. Yeah, they have more championships recently than the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Big Twelve. Well, it's like it's like the Pac-4 now. I mean, they they've looked. It's you know, not. It's not legit, a Pac anything. They have won three of the last ten. That's true. Well, Clemson got and two the other now. seven went to the SEC. Well, the Alabama. Big Ten got one. Ohio State. And the SEC got six. Alabama, I think LSU snuck in there for one. So then that I'm makes them. Georgia. Georgia got those did LSU or uh, FSU own? One. One. So they have as many as the Big Ten. And that was 10 years ago. Whore. I think Ohio State was the year after. I think Ohio, Ohio State, State was the year after. Yeah, Ohio State won it the year after. I didn't say anything about Ohio State. Um, but, I, yes, Florida State got hosed. There's, There's – I refuse. I am not watching one fucking second of college football bowl games. Not. I'm not watching the Toaster Strudel Bowl. Nothing. You got to watch the Duke's Mayo Bowl because I, nope. I like I ain't those assholes get mayonnaise poured on top of them. There's even now the Pop-Tart Bowl, and whoever wins gets to eat like a life-size Pop-Tart. Fuck off. I ain't watching it. A life-size Pop-Tart? I would yeah. be, I would watch it just for that part. Nothing. Just I will watch Army football, Navy this weekend. 
I will watch Army Navy this weekend. Go Army beat Navy, and football Correct. is done. Well, college anyway. I'll is, watch that, the Bucks suck. Is, is that still the Armed Forces Bowl? No, there no, is it, an Armed Forces it, Bowl, but I thought there was. There is. Oh, but that's and not it. Be, it'll be wow. like Air Air Force versus. It'll be like Air Force versus Memphis or some but, shit. There's only three schools that you could have in the Armed Forces Bowl. Not true. Qualify. Who's the fourth? No, only one of them gets in. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is there should be there. Oh, there's only three that should be allowed to play in it. Coast Guard. The Coast Guard doesn't have what school is the Coast Guard? Coast Guard. Air Force, bitch. That's it's Coast Guard. That's <laughs> their football team was undefeated this year. So they didn't play. Air Force versus Space Force. <laughs> Coast Guard's on a boat waiting for people. Like, when's anyone gonna come play us? <laughs> undefeated, bitch. By the way, we're also joined First by the Timmy National C. Guard. The National Guard. <laughs> Timmy Just Caesar. all of them. Timmy Hello. Caesar also. Oh, all wounded up. You got a cast going on. You had to have a nurse put your drawers on from what you just told us. Yeah, so let's let's y'all know what y'all know what I want to see. My penis. I want to see former WCW World Heavyweight Champion and Florida State Seminole Legend Ron Simmons hit Kirk Herbstreet in the dick and then hit him with the Dominator. I don't think you got him in last week. We were too happy to have you back. That's, a, that's By the, way, the first time in history. The feedback for that was phenomenal. Yes. Everyone was happy to have you back. The, uh, I, w- I want to spend special shout outs to uh, Blaine, who texted me after the show. Justin did also. Better. Terrible at gambling, but he's a nice person, uh, which is good because he's poor. So, I mean, you got to have something to counteract. He used to be rich. Now he's, he's not. He's independently because his gambling wealthy. Happened. What are you talking about? He gambled it all away on prop bets. One dollar at a time. <laughs> One dollar at a time. <laughs> what did he just say? If he wins his four-play par- four parlay, he wins 1300 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. He'll never yes. win. It's, it's the odds on the parlay that he sent us were plus 13,000. Mm. <laughs> that should hit. I like, I like it. He, he bet 10 bucks to win 1310 Wow. Uh, uh, Justin, fund director, reached out to me. Uh, of course, Efren did. Uh, Carla Odom did. And then also, two blasts from the past, Antonio Santos uh, tweeted us uh, on Twitter. And then also, I mean, he might be the only person that's been to multiple uh, in uh, the Sweet Lifes. It was Adam O'Neill, our friend from Ireland, DM me after he heard the show. Was he talking about how bad Dave was, or no? He said he was he he just was catching up. He'd heard about my wife and wanted to send me condolences, but he was also happy to hear that she's you know she, it's looking up. So, Good. but I, I I wonder now. I, I think Adam might be. I mean, outside of us, obviously, I think he might be the only person that's been to more than one Sweet Life because he went to the initial in Schaumburg and he was in Nashville. No, he might have been in two actually in Schaumburg. Needless to say, Adam O'Neill's our favorite. You only You've had two in Schaumburg, right? Yeah. Yes. Because this year was the first all in and or all out in Schaumburg we didn't go to. We didn't have Sweet Life there, though. That's what I'm saying. We didn't go at all. We did. We had Sweet Life in 22 in Schaumburg. We had Sweet Life at SummerSlam and Royal Rumble. So we've done three. It's in St. Louis and Nashville. But I know he was at two of them. So it must have been the Schaumburg and the Nashville. I know he was in Nashville. Yes, he was. But, um, you know, if you want to start catching up to Adam O'Neill, we'll get to the rest of the podcast in a minute. But if you want to start catching up to Adam O'Neill, we need to get this in now. 
because the time is right. Timmy, how would they go about catching up to Adam O'Neill in the sweet life category? Well, not by hanging out with that twat Kirk Herbstreet. <laughs> he'll probably he'll probably be in Tampa that weekend. Good. I'm going to fight him. Well, you would go to patreon.com backslash filter free and join the filter free network where we have all of our lovely patrons that we love so much. And you will get legends. Let's rethink this footballers getting paid with Tim and Dave, although it's been on hiatus and doesn't sound like it's going to be anytime soon betting on the college football. Maybe we have to tag Steppens in for that one since Dave ain't watching football. Mm. Evolution of evil wrestling with commercials plus the 2024 list of events, which kicks off in Tampa, the end of January, the Royal Rumble with the Sweet Life, baby. I'll be oh, there. Also, I remember uh, Dave will be the only one, unfortunately. I remember um, when we first announced this, Justin announced it in like end of September, early October, somewhere in there. And I remember somebody asked him in on Twitter, like, hey, when are pre-sale tickets going on sale? We don't know. We don't work at WWE. I we, do. We, no, I you don't. don't. I can't. T- I can't tell you. You just did. But also, um, I, I just thought that was a crazy question. Hey, what? What you guys? When do pre-sale tickets go on sale? I don't. Who's that? Salma Hayek. Oh yeah, I did see that. Oh my god! You, I'll be. What? I'll be back in thirty seconds. What is that? Where do I find that at? This thing called the social medias. Spankrevision.com. Look at her jiggle. Oh my god, she's so hot. Well, she's older than me. Well, we I would have her while. baby. I would carry the baby in my room. <laughs> I would hold I would have her baby. Well, <laughs> I mean, it already looks like you're carrying it. So while we all mesmerize around Selma Hayek, let's also please remember to subscribe and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts while you're at it. Follow the show on Twitter at FF Podcast on Instagram at Filter Free Podcast. Follow our Patreon network on Twitter, Filter Free Net. And of course. <laughs> Our friends at the Premier Streaming Network. Well, if you become a member at Watch on Premiere, let me refresh the page before I do this, make sure everything's current. First of all, they're doing an MJF collection, uh, which is probably a good thing because it's probably better than what he's doing now. Uh, the Jay Briscoe collection. He's going to be awesome when he goes to WWE, though. I, I can't, I can't wait for him. The AJ Styles collection, Matt Cardona, who's become an indie superstar over the last year or so. And his wife is smoking. Smoke show. And then, of course, there's the best of Kevin Steen in the combat zone, El Generico in CZW. And, of course, an entire laundry list of podcasts, including all 39 shows that Josh, Josh Chernoff, Chernoff is on. Yeah. They have so, says, so says Chernoff. Um, what else? on the ropes, talking with friends. That was extreme. I mean, he's on all of them. The wrestling when are, hour. When are, when are they going to have us on talking with friends? That's a great question. I should DM them. Or maybe we should text Efren since he's the new star of the network with IRFB and, of course, the game event. And we have to mention Efren first. After that, you get people like Ted DiBiase and RVD, blah, blah, blah. But Ooh. Efren is the draw. Of the network, I also forgot Sabu and Bobby Fish and Gabby AF and Cassie Lee Majors, Lee, Jesse McKay, Ooh, Dave Sergio, Lee Majors, Lee Majors, Lee yeah. Greenwood, 
Didn't you say the six million dollar man? Six million dollar man has a podcast. He does, yes. Nick Houseman. Say fuck Herb Street. Cause you are a little Wow, he's are you done with this? Will you drop it? Also, um I'm not dropping it till next year. Oh I I, I saw this this ad on every every episode between now and next football's fuck Herb Street. I saw an ad for this on Twitter. Didn't realize it was on for premiere. There's a brand new show out called Be Kind and Rewind with Ruckus. I think that movie. Yeah, I do. It's too. got Jack Black in it. It does. Funny. It is. It is funny. But uh, I think we got all that out of the way. We see. We talked about Florida State. Nothing super stupid in wrestling happened this week. The nurse. The nurse cup in my balls. We forgot that part. We forgot the nurse. Giving Timmy the old jiggle jiggle while putting his underwear on. I mean, I mentioned it. We didn't go into detail. Timmy can't well, play with his taint because he's he, broken. Uh, yeah, t- Timmy is very broken. Timmy is very unhappy. We need to buy. We should all get started GoFundMe for a a couch mounted fleshlight. For yeah, Timmy. That's good. I was gonna say you have to mount it somewhere. I can't even hold it. A magnetic back so we can stick it to the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I need one of those. Are you hoping the egg tray? That's gross. I, I need the butt plug that you attach to the wall and then like an attachment where you put the flashlight on the butt plug. What? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, wait. Where where does the butt plug come in? It, it holds the flashlight. Why would you need that? Because it would be a good mount. The flashlight can hold up itself. By the way, they should sponsor. Not against a wall. They make mounts for the wall, you idiot. Yeah, you dope. Well, I, it's just a different way to mount it. I don't know. There's, we're buying, there's something remember on the Remember the zombie flashlight? If, if we're, we're going to go gross the this, zombie let's go all the way gross. I need to get one of those, the blanket that I sent you guys that TJ couldn't look at. The zombie. The water, waterproof light. blanket. Mm. Because she deserves Sleeps better zombie. than a towel. You get the zombie mouth fleshlight for sixty three ninety six. I know that's it. It sounds like. Or if you're poor, you can pay four interest free payments of fifteen ninety nine on Klarna. It's toothy. It's toothy. That thing's scary looking. I need like the B Arthur nine thousand. Put my Willie like B Arthur nine, where the teeth are all out and just. Also, Timmy, if you're if you are unaware that this is embarrassing, we're discussing this right now. But if you're unaware that flashlights have Wall mounts. There's a thing on the internet called OnlyFans. Well, I'm sorry that I am not into the fleshlight culture like you are. I apologize. I mean, we found this out in the Jericho Cruise. You are very sheltered in that world, and we need to bring you into the light. Yeah, we're gonna find you a girlfriend that uses toys. a freak. It's a yeah. freak. Can we? Can we get? Uh, what was the comedian's name? Richard Jeff Jai. No, Brad Williams. Not Brad Williams. The female. Kate Quigley. Oh, Quake. Yeah. Kate Can we get her to show me how to use it, please? I'm sure she would. Oh, she she seemed cocaine and fucking rock on. She seemed very friendly and willing to help people. So, I mean, I, I think she would help you oh, with that. I hope so. God, love you, Kate Quigley. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that took a turn. Are we ready to start? Hop in my DMs. The show. Fuck her, her treat. Yes. Dave picked a doozy this week. Cause this yeah, week, we're going back to December thirty first, nineteen ninety four. We're gonna watch some Smoky Mountain wrestling, and what an episode it was! 
However, before we get to that show, let's see what was happening in your world yesterday. Let's run through some events. Filter free up first stories that missed the cut. December 1st, rapper Tupac Shakur is convicted on sexual assault charges and later sentenced up to four to up to up to four and a half years of prison. Easy for me to say. We did that story, didn't we? We did. But we did a couple of Tupac stories. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't a very good person. No, he's not. Uh, you're right. He's still not because he's sitting on that beach. No, he's very dead. No, he's hanging out with Biggie. December 2nd, cruise liner Akil Lauro sinks off the coast of Somalia. I was on it. Who takes a cruise liner to Somalia? That's the last place I went. I was on it. That makes sense, actually. December 3rd, American rapper and singer-songwriter Lil Baby is born in Atlanta, GA. Of course she was a little baby. She was born. Little baby's a a dude. Oh. Oh, I don't know. What kind of dude names himself Little Baby? That one. You fucking December, idiot. At least he's not Little Sperm Swimmer or something. No. <laughs> December 6th, Orange County, California. All of it. Files for bankruptcy. That that checks out. I'm going to be a rapper named Little Infant. You should. Little Toddler. <laughs> little Baby little baby Leg. Why isn't there a rapper named Little Tice? Because that, that's uh, trademarked. You know what Kirk Herbstreit is? Nope. Little Bitch. <laughs> no, little tykes is trademark. I don't think little tykes is trademark. No, it's little. It's little tykes. I don't think so. Look that up. December sixth. How about no. teeny tykes? There you go. Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. Their megastar forward is born is born in Athens, Greece. Greek freak just hit the over on points and rebounds. Just paid me. You always hit the over with Antetokounmpo. The guy's a monster. Yes. Correct. December 7th, radio personality Howard Stern talks a man out of attempting suicide. All right, TJ, tell me how he did that badly. Well, uh, he probably always liked to shit on him. He had probably told the guy, if you jump off his building, I'm going to show your penis post-mortem on my show. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably how he got him off the building. That would definitely keep me from jumping. Howard Stern is a giant dick. December 8th. He has a giant dick? No, he is. I'm sure he's got a little baby wing. He's got a little baby D. Dude's like 6'3 and weighs 100 pounds. His dick probably hits his kneecap. I bet his cock has an afro. (laughs) (laughs) Now that, probably. (laughs) Has not seen a razor in quite some time. December 8th. Speaking of stories we've covered before, Daryl Strawberry is indicted on tax evasion charges. Thank you. (sighs) December 9th, U.S. Surgeon General Jocelyn Elders resigned for comments about, you left it blank. Masturbation. Did this on my work computer at lunch. I didn't want to put that word in. <laughs> <laughs> where, where is James the clip when you need him? Damn it. Hey, Dave, look her up. See if she's hot. I doubt it. I doubt it. She can't be any any less hot than Janet Reno, though. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Janet Reno looked like... Um, a man. A white shack. Oh, I was trying to say if she... It was like... If Sean, Bra- Sean Bradley did Undercover Boss. <laughs> 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 December 13th The Hits Second compilation album by Garth Brooks is released Sold 40 million billion copies Yes December 16th To the surprise of no one Singer Davy Jones of the Monkees Is charged with DWI You guys remember that old TV show on Nickelodeon? Yes, the I did. yes. That was where the band came from Yeah because they, they were like a fake band Were they yes, still they were. a TV show? But then they became a real band and Davy Jones literally drank like half a beer and got that DWI because he's 
four foot seven and weighs seven pounds. You know, should have just he should have been little baby. He should have just hung out in his locker. You know what he should have done? Save Davy Jones, Jones locker. locker. Yeah. Actually, do you really know what he should have done? Uh, he could have saved himself from a DWI had he just taken the last train to Clarksville. Boom! Thank he should, you. He should have done. He should have done. He should have said, "Hey, hey, we're the monkeys." Nope, that didn't land. <laughs> December twenty first. <laughs> if you're not watching this and says listen to it, you're missing out. December twenty first, a bomb goes off on the number four train on Fulton Street in New York City. You dropped the bomb on me. Baby, that was our that was your intro forever. Loved it. December 23rd, baseball owners impose a salary cap fiercely opposed by players. Also, on a related note, the Yankees, if they sign that guy from Japan, are going to break 300 million dollars in uh payroll this year for the first time ever. No, not Otani, uh, Yamamoto from Japan. He's over in Japan right now. That is the best name ever, Yamamoto. I can't remember his first name, I just heard it earlier, but yeah, the. Uh, they've imposed a salary cap, yet the Yankees are going to be the first team to break $300 million in payroll this season. Mets were pretty close this year. And they just and the Yankees just got Alex Verdugo. And the Rays Red, Red, salary cap, $12. That says, yes. Red signed an infielder for 15 mil per today. Was that, so. was that Moustakas? No. God, no. <laughs> I, think they're, I think they still paid him this year, even though he didn't play for them. Let's do... Stories in the wheelhouse. Speaking of getting paid, December 1st, Jim Baker, American televangelist and convicted fraud, is released from jail after he was alleged to have committed a laundry list of crimes. Which one stuck, do you ask? Let's find out. Baker had begun his televangelism in 1966 when Jim and Tammy Faye were both working at Pat Robertson's Christian Broadcasting Network out of Portsmouth, Virginia. Due to the popularity of the Baker's puppet show, come on over. I was made none of puppet? that up. That's was all real. Puppet? Mm. I can only hope. They were made the host of the network's new Lamb show. Chop? The, <laughs> the 700 Club, which I think we've all heard of that show. Yeah. The still Bakers, on. Yes, it is still on. And I, Pat Robertson is still on it at 9,000 years old. <laughs> looks like the Crypt Keeper. The Bakers left the following year, which was 1972, and joined up with Paul and Jan Crouch to form the Trinity Broadcasting Network out of California. This budding new relationship lasted an entire eight months when the Bakers left again, moved to Charlotte, and formed the PTL Club and PTL Satellite Network in 1974. They weren't hosing enough people in those first two places. They had to get their own network. Yeah, like, you know, we could launder all that money. We could just really fuck some people over and make way more money ourselves. You know what I mean? Over the next 13 years, the Bakers provided wholesome Christian entertainment while also using the monies made from the network to help better people's lives and enrich the lives of the churchgoers. Timmy, why are you looking at me like that? What do you want? What's the problem? This is this is a happy ending story. Here we go. <laughs> in nineteen seventy-nine, Baker and the BTO came under investigation by the FCC for allegedly misusing funds raised on the air. Shocker. I'm sure they just like, they bought, you know, a few more collection plates than what they said they were. Pews. They like, put in new pews, obviously. Yes, clearly. Pubes. They put in new pubes. He had to pubes. like have a, he had a dick hair transplant. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Why that's butt cheeks. I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
A confidential 1985 IRS report found that 1.3 million in ministry funds were used for Baker's personal benefit from 1980 to 1983. The report recommended the PTO be stripped of its tax exempt status, but no action was taken until after the Jessica Hahn scandal. Hold on for how that played out in 1987. Well, wait. So this is probably right. They were going to buy like a Christian touring bus. For one point three million? Yes. No, I'm telling you, up. those dick hair transplants are expensive. Well, that's you you gonna buy, they were going to buy Bibles for Gaza. They were going to give them to all the Palestinians. All of, it, all of them. And also, <laughs> Jessica Hahn was going to be the bus driver. Yeah, she was. So this is driving something, all right. I still have hope for the bakers. A $279,000 payoff for the silence of Jessica Hahn, who alleged that Baker and former PTO club host John Wesley Fletcher drugged and raped her, oh. was paid for with PTO funds through Baker's associate, Roe Messner. Can't, I, can't, I can't do that one. I can't spend that one. Communion's a bitch at that church. It is. Also, right. why, is it, why is it always three names? Always Roof, three names. Roofies and wine. On March 19, 1987, after disclosure of a payoff to Han, Baker resigned from the PTL. It's okay. He'll, he'll make a comeback. Although he acknowledged he had sex with Han in a hotel room in Clearwater, Florida, which, of course, why wouldn't you do it there? He Four denied years. raping her. Han! She was in uh, Howard Stern's movie, by the way, Private Parts. Was she really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So was Jenna Jameson. You see her Hooters. That I yeah, didn't know. That I lot. didn't know that. Yeah. Stormy Daniels is a 40-year-old virgin. Rub my face in them. Baker, rub, rub, rub. Baker was succeeded on the PTO by notorious asshat Jerry Falwell. Boy. God. <laughs> Why are all these religious assholes terrible? Greed. Yeah. Baker Greed. believed that Falwell would temporarily lead the ministry until the scandal died down, but... <clears throat> Surprise to you, sir. On April 28, 1987, Falwell barred Baker from returning to the PTL upon hearing allegations of illicit behavior, which went beyond the Han allegations. Hey, Jerry, watch this for me for a minute. Yeah, you ain't coming back. That's fan that is fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Hey, I need you to like take this over. We're going to wait for this to die down. Absolutely, sir. Get the fuck out. Imagine, imagine now, granted, this has been disproven several, at least, you know, uh, Bruce Pritchard shot this down several times. But imagine if the WWF brought Jerry Jarrett in to run the WWF, if Vincent Mann lost the drugs, uh, the steroid trial, and then Jerry was also like, welcome back, Vince. I took your keys. You're fine. Get out. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, how do you do this? Hold on. You're fired. He did he did an entire super so show uh, show with Jeff Jarrett featured, so I'm sure that's all we would see ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, why do you always do this to me? We gotta come back to this guy because this is just the tip of the iceberg with Jim Baker. This is Holy this will be our January. We'll do re recircles. Oh, we're we're gonna do this again because there's another guy on here that you got that I got couldn't even get all out. Love it. In 2020, Baker was back up to his old bag of tricks. Literally an old bag. Jessica Hahn verified. During the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, Baker started selling collodial silver supplements that he advertised as a panacea. I what remember. The hell is, what I, is actually, I actually remember that. That's like a, a panacea is like, a, 
It's something that's it's a supplement that you take and it makes you so you don't get any diseases. It's a miracle cure. Yeah. It's what he had to take before he fucked Jessica Hahn. No, it's what he had to take after. That's what she should have taken before. She's still taking it. In March of 2020, the office of the Attorney General of New York ordered Baker to cease making false medicinal claims about his supplements, alleged ability to cure the coronavirus, and the Federal <laughs> Trade Commission and the Food and Drug Administration also sent a warning letter to Baker about his claims regarding the supplements and the coronavirus itself. It turns what? out a fucking mess. Turns medicine out there's headlines. government agencies that watch that shit. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt and Arkansas Attorney General Leslie Rutledge filed lawsuits against Baker for allegedly pushing the supplements as a treatment for COVID. And and drink bleach with it. Mm. In the state lawsuit against him, Baker was represented by former Missouri Governor Jay Nixon, who has argued for the suit to be dismissed. Do you think he said he is not a crook? Nixon said that the allegations made in the lawsuit are false, stating Baker is being unfairly targeted by those who want to crush his ministry and force his Christian television program off the air. I'm sure plenty of people wanted to crush his balls. In April 2020, prohibited from receiving credit card transactions, Baker disclosed to his viewers that his ministry was on the brink of filing for bankruptcy and urgently petitioned them for donations. The following month, GEB America and World Harvest Television dropped Baker's program from their networks after DirecTV owner AT&T asked channels to reconsider airing the show. AT&T made the request of its channels in response to a deplatforming campaign from the liberal Christian group Faithful America. On June 23, 2021, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt announced the settlement of the case's lawsuit against Baker. Baker and Morningside Church would be prohibited from saying Silver Solution could diagnose, prevent, mitigate, treat, or cure any disease or illness. Thank you. Restitution of about $157,000 will be paid to those who bought Silver Solution between February of 2020 and March of 2020. Damn it. Why didn't I buy some? I could have bought a $15 bottle, whatever the shit is. <laughs> and made $157,000. That should have been the name of it. Whatever the shit, it cures coronavirus. (laughs) Are you looking for a way to get over the COVID blues? Whatever the (laughs) shit. If you haven't died. (laughs) This is you're right. I've had too much fun with this this story. This is what we're one in. I've already I'm already having a blast. But you know what's better? The next day, December 2nd, 1994. Oh, I love how the world works sometimes. One day after Jim Baker is released from federal prison, a jury finds Heidi Fleiss guilty of running a call girl ring. Now, granted, no. these, stories, these stories are not related. I will point that out. I, I bet they are at some point. Heidi Fleiss is fascinating because there's very little, at least ready at the fingertips, about yeah. her. However, there's a lot written up about her after she turned 22 years old in 1987. Yin and Yang between this and the previous story, really. Actually, no, they're actually fairly similar. It's really, it's it's just warming the cockles of my heart, you know. In late 1987, early 1988, Fleiss had created a prostitution ring using the name Madam Alex after actually meeting Madame Alex, or Madam, whichever, a real person who was a real Madam, whose real name was Elizabeth Adams. I would have been Madam Alex P. Keaton. You think she's related to Brian Adams? I think it's John Quincy she's related to. Oh. Yeah. All of her <laughs> prostitutes were powder I think it, it was weird. I think it's Devontae Adams. What about Samuel? 
Samuel Adams. They're all just <laughs> hammered all the time. But I mean, if 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 you met if you if your mentor was named Madam Alex and you take that name, how is that not gimmick infringement? Wouldn't that like so like a turf battle? I mean, I think someone get an ass whooping over that. That's what I'm thinking. Those are my whores. Yeah, and my <laughs> name, Skank. Fly spent my short- whore name, Skank. <laughs> <laughs> Your vagina smells. Fly spent a short time as a sex worker so she can have a... (laughs) There's a a hair in my teeth. So she can have a firm handle on all aspects of the business. Because apparently... You you going down on Jim Baker? That was one of the aspects, yes. As Madam Alex's ladies were approaching middle age and looking into retiring... Yeah. Put this silver pill in your butthole. Yeah. You won't get the hiv. You won't get covered. Do, do, do you have a 401k for my horrorism? <laughs> oh, and uh, my my next four words. That's a real sentence. They were middle, getting aging out and looking into retiring. Fleiss was brought in to revitalize the talent pool. <laughs> Just two years later, Fleiss told Madam Alex to take her and her old ass talent pool and kick rocks on. <laughs> Flies took over her own venture, claiming to have made one million, one million dollars, one million dollars in her first four months. And her slowest night saw her rake in ten grand. In this line of work, it's well known that good runs last forever. Until June of '93, when she was arrested for multiple charges, and much like Jim Baker, she had her hands in a lot of pies. <laughs> You're welcome. But the charges her stuck. Own. She had her hand in her own pie. <laughs> But the charge that stuck was federal tax evasion. Weird. It happened. Federal charges were filed in 94 and Fleiss posted the $1 million bail. The state trial began the same year and Fleiss was convicted. In May of 96, her state conviction was overturned and her appeal bond was set at $200,000. She was convicted on federal charges of tax evasion in September of 96 and sentenced to seven years in prison. Fleiss served 20 months at the Federal Correctional Institution in Dublin, California. She was released to a halfway house on November 19, 1998, in order to perform 370 hours of community service. Think blowjobs count? Sure. Hey, Jim Baker. Fleiss's ring reportedly had numerous prominent and wealthy clients. Jim Baker. When questioned by British television presenter Davina McCall about revealing the names of her clients, she replied... It's not my style. God, could you imagine going to a halfway house? Like <laughs> the head of the house. I mean, how do you prominent and wealthy clients and you have to pay to get a whore? Well, well, yeah, that's, that's the way a lot of them do it. Well, as chef from South Park, which a lot of those uber rich people like Robert Kraft. Yep. Well, he's getting a hand this, job at the little uh, massage yep. parlor. Well, that's the thing is you pay for it. It's discreet. And, you know, there's. They're not blowing you up trying to extort you or anything. You already paid them. As uh, as Chef from South Park would say, you don't pay him to stay. You pay him to leave afterwards. Correct. Also, um, I do love... Could you imagine going to a halfway house and like the head of the house has your probation orders and he's like, you have to spend 370 hours blowing... Uh, uh, what was the guy? We just did Baker, and she'd be like, "Oh my god, I'll go back to prison, please." Oh, my jaw would hurt. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't have to be consecutive. <laughs> 
You can break it up. <laughs> that, the- that would be that would be punishment for him too. Yeah, she's gonna sit here and blow you for three thousand hours. Can you please see get how up your my dick feels after that? I can't feel my feet. Can you please get up? I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm all out of cum. Oh, jeez. All right. Um. So this bitch crazy. Mm-hmm. In 2003, Fleiss accused her ex-boyfriend Tom Sizemore which is a great name if you're going to date a hooker, of domestic violence. Sizemore was convicted of the charge. That's not what makes her crazy. Tom Sizemore kind of a dick in his own right. Yeah, right. He, isn't he a raper of little kids? I think so. Yeah, not, not a good guy. But Fleiss eventually moved to Pahrump, Nevada, There's no a, small town, a small town near The Undertaker in Death Valley, while caring for... 25 parrots. I think also, she was a fan of Coco Beware. It's just she, a, moved, she moved to Pahrump, which is a great name for a town. It's not the name of the town. It's Pahrump. There's no f at the end of yeah, it. It's no, there Pahrump. is a there is a H at the end. It's Pahrump. It's <laughs> Trust me, I did the story. I did the type. It I might wrote not it. Be good. Okay. But wrote but it, it is it is because I laugh my ass off when I saw that she moved to Pahrump. Pahrump. She didn't, though. It's Pahrump. Shut the fuck up. 25 parrots. She's caring for 25 parrots. <laughs> it should have been cats. Polly want looking up. after pussy. <laughs> Drew Pinsky. Polly want some head. <laughs> Drew Pinsky, who, who treated Fleiss for substance abuse, performed <laughs> brain scans that showed significant frontal lobe dysfunction, shocker, which Pinsky surmised was behind her Inability to empathize with people and her propensity for doing so with birds. Probably, she likes she birds. Got, she probably got CTE from her days of playing ball in college. She moved to Pahrump and cared for birds. After completing treatment for substance abuse, Fleiss became engaged to Dennis Hoff, owner of Nevada's Moonlight Bunny Ranch. Gross. Talk about two peas in a pod right there. Gross. Big pimping. Hey, you want to know something about hoes? Let's get married. Wait, why'd you just turn into Tommy Rich? I don't know. <laughs> Somebody say something about Bunny Ranch? Nobody say something about hookers? Trust me. I know him. Not a far stretch. <laughs> <laughs> In 2022, Fleiss announced that she would be moving to Missouri. Please don't. After someone shot one of her parents with a pellet gun. What is going on in Perump? Hold on. You can't say that one sentence. And nothing else. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> That's, I told you she's crazy. Why? Why, why did they shoot her parents? What's really guy? crazy is, is her dad was a pediatrician and her mom was a school teacher. Who the hell dropped this kid on her head? Her uncle. What was her uncle? Well, there was frontal lobe damage. So someone probably did. She must have played they football. Should probably, they should probably do it again. No, I'm saying it was. She was. I think she, Tom Sizemore tried a couple times. She was a, <laughs> everyone knows she was a, a free safety at UNLV. <laughs> Tom Sizemore said, "I wasn't beating her. I was trying to fix her." You got all these damn birds flying around. I shot one with a pellet gun, and then she moved to Missouri. Actually, I Missouri. thought it was a bird. Ended up being her dad. I'm getting the hell out of Perumph. That's how you say it. It is. Missouri. She moved to Missouri. She moved to St. Louis, Missouri. December 10th. 
Rashan Salam starts his own prostitution ring. This is a really weird month. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. Oh, I'm sorry. Colorado running back wins the 60th Heisman Trophy Award. As a Bears fan, this one hurts my soul because this 94 was the first year I started watching the Bears. Or you're sold. Or my sold. Robbie sold. Just retired, actually, today. But there is no doubt the force that Salam was on the field as well as Colorado as an institution here in the early 90s. Salam entered his <laughs> They'll I'm be sp- there next year to knock Florida State out of the Sure, country. sure they will. You want to bet? Almost died. <laughs> I actually, no, no, talk to Blaine about that. I actually heard today, oh, uh, Colorado got their first offensive lineman out of the portal. Shut up. Salam entered his junior year in 1994 as a relative unknown. Although playing in nine of Colorado's 13 games the year previously, he only rushed for 844 yards and 161 carries, but did have eight touchdowns. However, there was certainly potential there as Salam did average 5.2 yards a carry. Then Salam blew up college football. He finished up. Why would he do that? All at once. Boom. He finished up his 1994 campaign with 2,055 yards on 298 carries and 24 touchdowns. I could at do the, that. At the, what? I could do that. No, you can't. In Which 94. One, I can do that in 4U football. <laughs> also, quit smelling your finger. At the you time, this is out your, your toenails. My... <laughs> you put that in your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> smells like a flashlight. I don't know. Uh, at this time, the season placed Salam fourth all time and only Mike Rozier when he rushed for 2,148 yards for Nebraska in 83. 2,342-yard season by Marcus Allen in 81. And Barry Sanders' record of, you guys ready for this? 2,628 yards for the OK State Cowboys in 1988, which is still the record. And actually, I just looked up that season for Barry Sanders. He rushed for 300 yards four times that year. Even more impressive because he's only 5'6". Correct. Since that time... Salam's season has slid all the way to 19th this season by Salam with the Buffaloes led by him and Cordell Stewart to a 12-1 record and an Orange Bowl win over Notre Dame. Slash. Right, Slash. Also played for the Bears and was terrible. He played for the Steelers and was not. Correct. His dominating – well, the Bears are really good at taking good players and making them not good. His dominating 1994 season led to him being drafted number one overall to your Chicago Bears. Number 21 overall. Know what I said? You, you said, said number one. one. Number 21. You, you made him the number one draft pick. We drafted Curtis Enos, too. Which he would have been a bust. Beginning my now 28 years of agony as a Bears fan. As a rookie in the NFL, Salam rushed for over 1,000 yards and scored 10 touchdowns. However, he also lost nine fumbles and only averaged 3.6 yards per carry. Yeah, we had him at the same time as Cade McNown. That dog a hunt. Problems with injuries, fumbles, and smoking the devil's lettuce led oh. to an early exit from Chicago, spending only three seasons with the team. During his final two seasons with the Bears, Salam rushed for a pathetic 608 yards combined. What a Sounds great like first a John Carter. Mm. Salam was then traded to the Miami Dolphins, but the trade was undone when he failed a physical. Devil's lettuce. After appearing in only two games for the Browns, he was traded to the Packers, but never saw any action. In 2001, Salam briefly made a comeback for the Memphis Maniacs of the XFL, rushing for 528 yards, but his career was short was over shortly thereafter when the league eventually folded. 
This guy was awesome in he college. Was. It was a it was a bulldozer. And the fact that he like he was one that was holy shit. When he makes it to the NFL, this guy's going to be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Was he one of those guys, kind of like Jamarcus Russell, that when he got that contract, is just like, yeah, I'm good. He he was Lawrence Phillips of the present time. Yeah, who's Larry he was Phillips? something else. Lawrence. Colorado. I used Lawrence. to like Colorado because I grew up a Buffalo Bills fan. I did too, weirdly enough. And I, in the '90s, I liked Colorado. I mean, I wasn't. I, like, I like him now. What are you talking about, Coach Prime? Oh my God! Oh, eight he's my toes. homie. He's oh, a eight toes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a gimmick, and friend rums. <laughs> Suing your ass. All right, let's uh, downturn this just a little bit. Salam was found dead December 5th, 2016 in a park in Boulder, Colorado, in a park. An autopsy was performed because authorities found a note near the body and were on December 29th. It was confirmed the manner of death was suicide, specifically a gunshot wound to the head in a report released by Boulder County Coroner's Office. Um... Got to do an investigation for that one. Mm-mm. You found a gunshot wound to his head. I'm betting that if he shot himself in the head, probably a gun there. Mm. So yeah, good job, good job, police. Well, Way to confirm that. Let me let me say, as the host of a, a a true crime podcast that is coming back, that generally is the case. Yes. Um. So let's see. We got this. <laughs> He's got the gun in his hand, and there's a gunshot. I bet a sniper got him out of the trees. He definitely Salam. shot himself. I don't see a gun. It's fine. It's he, fine. he threw it when he was done. <laughs> when he was done. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Salam's blood alcohol content was reportedly three times the legal driving limit, and he had THC in his system. Damn you, devil's lettuce. Hmm. Salam's family did not consent to neuropathological tests that would have revealed whether he had previously sustained chronic head trauma. I think we all know he did. Yeah. Such as chronic traumatic CTE. I'm not going to try to say all those words. Encephalopathy. Syphilis? No, no, not at all the same thing. That begins with an R, you moron. What, syphilis? Yeah. The R is silent. My head hurts. (laughs) They declined to have his brain tested to determine whether his depression had been linked to such injuries from his days as a player. I think we can all agree, yes. Yeah. I mean, th- this is a sad ending to, to Rashawn Salam's life. I mean, obviously, this is, but it's just crazy because I remember that everyone, is, you know, contributes his downfall in football to marijuana. But then at the same time, we live in today where, like, the chewer, the players are doing gummies on the sidelines. Like, I don't. Yeah, and marijuana did wasn't what did it. Right. Either it, it was either A, he got a whole lot of head trauma in college that caused issues, or B This is your he, brain. He got to the pros and was just like, this Hey, this is your brain I'm, on drugs. I'm good. <laughs> but um, now that we're we've talked about Rashawn Salam, again, we can't do college because it's very difficult, but y'all know what it's time for. Pro, pro football. But today, I'm the greatest of all time. Here it is. Eight. Pressure with three. Winston's going to run the ball. Makes a guy miss. Down the hit. Over the second rafter. Off the floor.
Score trivia for December NFL League Leaders 1994. I will mind you after last week. Right now, Dave is in the lead seven to six. I don't think it's ever been this close. I'm good. After one whole show, I cannot wait for 94. Uh, We're not doing sacks. I think in the whole history of us doing box score trivia, you guys have gotten like four fucking people on sacks. That nurse did. She did sacks. Ridge White. Suck tech. So, suck tuck is what I wanted to say. Sack tuck. There we go. So, we're going to just skip it. We're going to do three categories. We're going to go three categories on offense to hope stimulate the show a little bit. So, here we go. Starting this week, the names on this list, I cannot wait. Passing touchdown leader. Brett Favre. Steve Young. 1994. Here we go. Brett Favre. Timmy, second in the league. Of your Green Bay Packers, Steve Young, Steve Young of the San Francisco 49ers, led the Dan Marino, five, John Elway, Dan Marino, third with Jim 30. Kelly, John Elway, no, Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly tied for six with 20, Warren Moon, Warren Moon, ninth with 18. Yes. Dave, bonus hey. point if you can tell me what team he was on in 94. Oh, Warren Moon in 94 because he played for 13. The Vikings. Minnesota, I'll give it to Timmy. Oh, penis face. See if you can give me two more on this list. Randall Cunningham. Great guess, no. Hmm. Uh, Let's see. There is a guy on this list. I'm stunned Timmy has not guessed him yet. Boomer Esiason. Thank you. Tied for 10 17 as a New York Jet. J-E-D-S. One more. Jets. Jets. Uh, Let's go with Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman, negative. Vinny Testaverde. All right, here we go. I'm going to give you a team. Joe Montana. Hold it. No, you no. Here's some teams. All right, you ready? Jeff George. San, San, Jeff George fifth with 20. Yeah! Here's the oh, rest what? of your top 10. Tied for 10th with Boomer. Drew Bledsoe. It's Ooh. too late. He's already called it. He did. I did. Was that you, one? You were right, yes. Stan Humphreys tied for 10th with 17 of the San Diego Chargers. Eighth of the Los Angeles Raiders, Jeff Hotstetler with 20. Sixth tied for Jim Kelly, Jim Everett. Ah, Every year from 1974 to 2012, Jim Everett shows up. The man who beat the shit out of Jim Rome, and he will forever have my gratitude for that. Chris Everett. Fourth, Drew Bledsoe. Chris Everett, yes. And uh, you guessed the rest of the top three. So very well done there. Off to a great start. By the way, 11 to 10. Dave, still in the lead here. We're going on to rushing yards. And Timmy, before you start, no Bengals. Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith, third. Barry Sanders. 1,484. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders led the league, 1,883. Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas, sixth, 1,093. Jerome Tampa Bay Buccaneer legend Eric Rett. <laughs> Tenth, one thousand eleven. What? What'd you say, Timmy? Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis. Ninth, one thousand twenty-five. What year are we doing? 
94. 94. Natron Natron means. Natron means fourth. Yes. (laughs) 1,350. Let's see if you can give me one more. I don't think you can, but we'll try. Dickerson. There's a Hall of Famer left on this list. Eric Dickerson. No. Did we say Emmett Smith? Yes. Thurman you Thomas. Did. You said Thurman Thomas. Oh. Lorenzo White. No. Great guess. Actually, I think you meant Lorenzo Neal, but no, Euler, Lorenzo White. Oh, yes, you're right. Good, good guess. 94. Was Marshall Falk in the league then? Marshall Falk fifth. Cole. 1,282. Still the Indianapolis or the Indianapolis Colts. Here's the rest of your top 10. In eighth of the Minnesota Vikings, Terry Allen. 1,031, seventh of the New York Giants, Rodney Hampton, 1,075, and second of the Seattle Seahawks, Chris Warren, 1,545. Timmy, you're a little behind now. It's 12 to 16. He's cheating. He's looking at his phone. No, I'm uh, Juju Smith-Schuster just cashed on his over 15 and a half receiving yards. He does, also, he doesn't know what the next category is. So it would be odd to cheat that way. So here we go. Receiving touchdown leaders, 1994. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, second with 13. Chris Michael Carter. Irvin. Chris Carter, no. Michael Irvin, no. Mm, Carl Pickett, guy for the Bills. Uh, Andre Reed is tied for third with eleven. Andre Reed, Andre Reed tied for eighth with eight. Mm. This is way better than sacks. You guys would have been done. Mark Clayton, no. Mark Sterling Sharp led the league with eighteen. Sterling Sharp, Sterling Sharp, or Mark Shannon Sharp. Fuck it, throw them both out there. No, no, Mark Duper, Andre Risen. Andre Risen tied for eighth with eight. And then he got his house burned down. So yep. you have you have go, two go, of the don't go chasing waterfalls. waterfalls. You have two of the three people whose first name starts with A on this list, and they're all tied. The other one played for Dallas. It's Abbott weird that he, and Costello. It's weird that he's on this list and Michael Irvin is not. Right? Anthony something. Nope. He would actually he would go on to play two years of the Buccaneers and be a, a Tony Gonzalez. Player. No, that doesn't begin with an A. You idiot. It's also true. It does. Anthony Alvin Harper. Alvin Anthony, Harper. Anthony Gonzalez. Tampa Buccaneer legend. Al- I have his autograph back in the day. I lost so, it. Here we go. We I I need two more off this list. San Francisco, the Raiders, Detroit, and Atlanta. Oh, Tim Brown. Tim Brown tied for six with nine. One more. San Francisco, Detroit, and Atlanta. Terrell Owens? No. Detroit? San Francisco is a tight end. Number 84. Will Clark? No. Oh. No. (laughs) Baseball. (laughs) No, Dwight Clark had the catch. Dallas Clark. He said Will Clark. He no, didn't that's, say that's Dwight definitely Clark. Definitely not Will Clark, no. <laughs> Dwight Clark. Dallas Clark. No, none of the Clarks. No Clarks. Fred Clark Griswold. Clark Griswold. <laughs> I would focus. So the, the guy from Detroit, I believe, led the league in receptions like twice. From Detroit? Number Detroit? 84. Actually, he's also number 84. Mm. Chris Carter. I already said that, idiot face. Five seconds. 
No idea. Mm-mm. Here we go. Tied for six of the 49ers, Brent Jones, tight end. Nope. Tied for third with Carl Is Pickens. Is he Brent Favre's of, brother? His last name was Jones. He's related to Pac-Man Brent. Jones. He is, cousin. even though he's very white. But, yes, they're related to Pac-Man Jones. Tracy Jones, former Reds first baseman. Sure. Tied for third with Carl Pickens, Herman Moore of the Detroit Lions. Herman Munster. And of the Atlanta Falcons, Terrence Mathis with 11. After two rounds of play, it's Dave 22, Timmy 13. Open up that lead. There is no way he beat me by like seven today. No. There was two categories. You guys only had like two players left that you didn't name. Terrible. Maybe you should. Your math sucks. Also, Wait, I gave you a point because I told Dave I gave him a point if he told me which team Warren Moon played for. You said it. I gave you the point. Nah, so I you shut your Seattle. whore mouth. I was going to say Seattle, so I would have been wrong. You know what's weird? I did he play for Seattle? City. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I probably would have said Kansas City if you would ask me. <laughs> All right, here we go. Jacksonville, 1994 Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. The Jacksonville Jagaloons in 1994 of the CFL. The Houston Texans. Mm. December 23rd. Fearing arrest by the FBI, Whitey Bulger flees Boston and successfully hides from law enforcement for the next 16 years. Now, this would not have been Bulger's first stint with prison as he actually spent time in Alcantraz, Leavenworth. I'm sorry, where? Alcatraz. I said Alcantraz. It's Alcatraz. You did. You Alcantraz. Leavenworth, the military's favorite prison, an Atlanta federal prison from 1959 to 1965. It is believed... That Bulger started trouble started. Bulger, shut up. And this is according to him. It's believed this trouble started after he was a subject in the MK Ultra program while he was in the Air Force. The MK Ultra program was a program, and it's a real thing. This is not a conspiracy theory. Nickelodeon Ultra program. Sure, heard about it. Was led by the CIA, which studied how certain drugs were effective during interrogations. After his release in 1965. Bulger had become an avid reader and, Bulger! and somewhat of a military historian with this newfound knowledge and love for literature. He left prison with endless possibilities on what he could do. Unfortunately, he stepped out of prison and stepped directly into a South Boston mob family known as the Killeens. So Bulger became a Bulger. mob boss. It's not Bulger mm. in Boston, right around his release from prison in Atlanta. And then he became one of the most feared mob bosses in Boston history. After his release, Bulger, Bulger, whatever you want to call him, worked as a janitor and construction worker before becoming a bookmaker and loan shark under mobster Donald Kylene, whose gang, the Kylene's, had dominated South Boston for over 20 years. The Kylene's then became entangled it's with Bulger, a mob. It's by the way. That's what I said, like Mark. It's Bulger. The the Kylie sure. became entangled in a mob war with the Mullen gang because you got to be a gang. If you're Chris gonna... Mullen, Golden State Warriors um, legend. Yes, he was. He was big, flat tops. Flat top. They would. They would make. Oh, he looked like Timothy McVeigh. He did. <laughs> During this war, Bulger would flip from being a Kylie to a Mullen and become one of the most powerful men in Boston. After the 1972 truce of the mob war, Bulger and the Mullins were in control of the criminal underworld. What are y'all doing? I'm playing the, the wrong sound effect. I'm playing the bat every time you say his name is Bulger. 
Dave, you're muted. I Googled it. It's Bulger. What's Bulger? In a very Boston move in late September 74, Bulger and an accomplice reportedly set fire to an elementary school in Wesley to intimidate U.S. District Court Judge Wendell Arthur Garrity Jr. over his mandated plan to desegregate schools in the city of Boston by means of busing. Gotta love Boston racism. Damn it, TJ. I need another episode for this guy. Oh, so you're saying he was shockingly a giant piece of shit? That's weird. Really? Hmm. You set fire to an elementary school. Bizarre. After 16 years on the lam, Bolger was finally arrested in 2011. Federal prosecutors tried Bolger for 19 murders based on grand jury testimony from former mobster Kevin Weeks and other former criminal associates. At his trial that began on, in June of 2013, Bolger was tried on 32 counts of racketeering, money laundering, extortion, and weapons charges, as well as the aforementioned 19 murders. After a two-month trial, Bolger was found guilty of 31 counts, including both racketeering charges, and was found to have been involved in 11 of the murders. In November of 13, Bolger was sentenced to two consecutive life sentences plus five years. Seems pretty lenient for a guy that's with that criminal record and is already 83 years old. I don't know why they added on five years. They could have just done five years. Yeah. <laughs> after, be- <laughs> after being transferred to numerous federal penitentiaries, Boulder, who was in a wheelchair, was beaten to death by inmates on October 30th, 2018. So I guess they could have just done, yeah, five years. Look at that. They could have done five minutes. Five hours. Well, no, five years. <laughs> November of 13, he was sentenced, and he made it to October of 18. Not quite five years. He, he was beaten to death by inmates on October 30th, 2018, just hours after arriving to the United States Penitentiary Hazleton near Brewston Hills, West Virginia. So you know who beat him to death, right? It was inmates that had gone to that elementary school that he burned down. So they didn't do any learning. They got a and bunch of inmates. And they got in thrown into prison. <laughs> the elementary schools of Boston, huh? Yep. Yeah. They, they have lots. In the, in the trial, I was like, did you see who they're trying to let the schools learn about English? Like, I, I, I've never understood that, <laughs> that thought process. Boston racism runs deep. I like it. I, if you ask any baseball player, actually, I would say any professional athlete. In the- right. I don't want that. Hold on. That was total sarcasm. I know, like that came out wrong. <laughs> what do you mean about? Bo- I said Boston racism. I like it. No, well, yeah, don't not not what I actually meant. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. Total but, sarcasm. But if if you ask like any professional athlete, what is the worst city for crowds that you've ever played in? It's almost unanimous, Boston. No, Philadelphia. Well, I said the racism is the worst. The in racism in Boston is the worst. Oh yeah, the racism is, but like Phil, I mean, Philadelphia are shit people. Everyone knows that. But Philadelphia hates white people too. Yeah, at least they hate everyone. At least they're not racist. Boston's just like we love Larry Bird. What would have happened if Magic had been drafted to the Celtics and Larry Bird went to the Lakers? Well, I was just gonna say every time Robert Parrish scored, they would just turn their backs for a minute. Like uh, that didn't happen. Damn it! <laughs> oh, we didn't see that. Damn it! Two more points. <laughs> Who's so, um? Doesn't Quello live in Boston? No, makes sense. Checks he lives, out. He lives in uh, Delaware's. I think. Same thing. It is. It means it's my turn. Uh, is it because I'm not ready for a clip yet? Good job. I am now. Are you, is it still your turn? 
Is it my turn? That means it's my turn. Mm. Let's go to Timmy's Trivioki. Figaro. Figaro, 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 Figaro. That's not Tosca. Ugh, my ears. My neck. My back. Yep, yep, I remember. Everyone remembers when Elvis performed that. Uh, you make a ooh, I want to take care of you. You my house. Song number one, clue number one. This is a song originally performed by the Four Seasons, written by the original Four Seasons keyboard player Bob Guadillo and his future wife Judy Parker. The Four Seasons? Four Seasons. Oh, what a night. Late December back in 63. What a nerd. What a I can't believe it. Half of me. What a lady, what a night. I never even know her name. I was never gonna be the same. I don't stand a chance. What a lady, what a night. Got a funny feeling with one. And I, 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 am impressed. I don't stand a chance this week. My friend, I am impressed. All right, so that was originally from um, 1975, was that. It was a re-release in 1993, and it spent 27 weeks on the Hot 100. I remember, that, I remember listening to that. I love that song. That song you was know how great. I got, you said the Four Seasons, and I remember listening to that song out on the boat as a kid. So why was and it? And it was like right around that oh. summer. So why was it re-released in 93? Because uh, in 88... Some DJ did a remix that that remix of it, but the record company picked it up five years later and was like, "Hey, we're going to re-release this in America because they didn't release it in America in '88." I bet you they didn't pay that DJ for it. I don't know, but it hit in 27 weeks, which matched the original run in '75. I'm impressed, Dave. You've earned my respect. Mm, just now, we'll see, well, yeah. We'll see how you do with this one, though. Song number two, clue number one. This song is a disco song written by Gerald Jackson and Peter Jackson, not the guy from Lord of the Rings, Damn it, and performed by American actress and singer Vicki Sue Robinson in 1976. Clue number two, in 1994, the song was recorded by Cuban-American singer and songwriter Gloria Estefan mm. for the soundtrack to the film The Specialist, starring Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone's Pussy. Hmm. Hmm. Why, is there a reason why you're doing 1970s disco remakes this week? It's not. It's a song from 1994. Clue number three, a music video was produced to promote the single directed by German feature film director and producer Marcus N Nispel. I almost called him Nipples. <laughs> it features Gloria performing with her band atop a large building while a helicopter flying her in 
the air above them. In between are clips from the movie The Specialist. Is is this one where there's a cat dancing with her? What? I only know one Gloria Estefan song. Rhythm is gonna is get you. Rhythm is gonna get you. Rhythm is gonna get you. Oh. To the nitty gritty. The guitar scratching. I haven't heard this song forever. The action. TJ, don't know it? No, of course I don't know it. <laughs> I've heard the song. I don't know the words. Oh, I remember that now. Yeah, see? Dave's on my vibe it. here. All right, I'm getting Let ready to throw both is, of you. You're playing shit so far. <laughs> getting ready to throw. It's okay. It gets worse. Both of you fuckers are going off next. Yeah, so number on, three. So well so far. Actually, you probably got a better chance than Dave at this next one. Clue number one. This is a song written by Howard Perdue and Carrie Kurt Phillips, and recorded by American country music artist Joe Diffie. It was released October 1994 as the second single from the album Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, Earth. Earth, 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 wind, and fire. <laughs> Clue number two: the song "A Moderate Up Tempo" is about a man who, re- who who reasons he can meet with a woman by of his dreams by driving a pickup truck. I know I've heard it. Clue number three: the majority of the music video for the song was filmed at a location at a drive-in theater in Lewisburg, Tennessee. Been there. I know I've heard. I can't think of the name of it. You banged your dog. Just mm. think about he reasons he can meet the woman of his dreams by driving a pickup truck. No, I know that the, the title's a in there. Pickup. I know that. Like a pickup man. Yep. And rolling down the hill, but I still wouldn't trade it for Coop Newville. Coop I got an eight-foot bed that doesn't have to be made. You know, if it worked for trucks, it wouldn't have tailgates. All my wives, traffic jams, and just something women like about a pickup man. Never hurt it. Really? Never. Never. That's terrible. Good news is I alienated everybody on this one. You sure did. You picked three... Bangers this week. They are bangers. I, I disagree. I was using it sarcastically. Well, hit the clip. Now it's time for Dave's Fade. Have you seen it? You slipper the heart beef injection. I want to see Clay Matthews in the Ninja Turtle movie, not three Uno Dos Trace movies this week. I like it. TJ, you got work to do. Timmy leads two to one. Okay, I'm in. I'm all in. Movie numero unos. 
on a budget of $17 million. Cheap. Our first movie this week grossed more than $247.3 million at the box office. They did okay. 1994, that's like $400 billion. This is an American buddy comedy film. After a woman leaves a briefcase at the Dumb and Dumber, TJ Stevens. <laughs> it's okay. I'm a limo driver. <laughs> Fell off the jetway again. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There's a town about three miles down the road. That's a and there's a bunch three of miles there. that way. The ending is phenomenal. Oh, Lord. Thought the Rockies would be a little more rockier than this. John Denver's full of shit, man. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were Mr. Perfect. Hey, hey, you guys want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yes. Having <laughs> a 1983 sheepdog. All right. Movie number B. I've seen it in the theaters. This is one of Dave's faves. I like my eyes. So it's terrible. I like on a budget, terrible. on a budget of thirty-five million. Our second film this week grossed some ninety-nine point four million at the box office. Mm. Pretty good. Thanks. This is an American action film based on the video game series of the Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Damn it, Timmy! Colonel Guile and Street Harry Fighter Two. And various Street other Fighter. Street Fighter, Street Fighter, Timmy I, C. <laughs> you said Street Fighter Two. And this is part one. <laughs> I don't think they made a part two, did they? They didn't. They, well, they did. It was a uh, Street Fighter Chung Lee, but it came out thirty-seven years later, so it doesn't I'd count. I'd like to Chung Her Lee. You would. It's now three to two. TJ is loosen, loosen. I'll get it. And loose. I'll get it right here. Our last movie of the week. This is another one of Dave's faves. I think this on VHS at my grandmother's house. I like it. I'm in. A budget of forty million. Movie number C grossed seventy six million at the box office. Yeah. Mm. It didn't make. I would have expected it to have been much more. Mm. My Cold oldest film. daughter also loves this movie. This is an American comedy film based on the comic character of the same name. Fat Albert? You're a moron. A rich young boy finds his family. Richie Rich. rich. T.J. Stevens. No. There's <laughs> no way. I beat him. That was legit. By a tie. lot. That was a tie. That was a tie. That was a tie. So I'm giving the points to T.J. <laughs> 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 it is now three to three. Hate you, Timmy. Save. I, I hate all y'all. <laughs> Go to the wrestling. Go Aren't to those three epic right. movies? Somebody pull up YouTube so we can watch this shit in 12p. <laughs> in 12p. Yeah, we definitely watched worse because this was not too bad. Again, we watched AWA with no announcers, so this wasn't terrible. Here we go. A Did you say AEW with no announcers? AWA. Oh, AW. That might be something they want to try. Smoke <laughs> Mountain Wrestling from December 31st, 1994. Your announcers are Les Thatcher and 
good old JR. We start the show with the opening package, and here we go. We're ready for some Smoky Mountain Wrestling. We go to Jim Ross and Les Thatcher, and we go over the card, and Brian Lee will be defending the Beat the Champ TV title against Nature Boy Buddy Landell. Was he Mortis or Wrath? What? Brian Lee. He was Undertaker. For, for one, Chris Canyon was Mortis, so I don't even know why you mentioned that. And Adam Baum was Wrath. Yeah, dummy. Yeah. Same he thing. was the un- he was the fake Undertaker, you idiot face. Faker. Yes. yes. Actually, I think he was Undertaker. still I think he was still wearing some of the gear when he wrestled in the show. What the hell is Jim Ross doing here? Wasn't I, I he in believe- WWE at this point. Yeah, but I think this is like the one month he was fired. Because he had because he got Bell's palsy. You got Bell's palsy, you're fired. I can't put you on fucking TV. Well, you say that, that's probably what happened. I that is what happened. Yeah. He said it. Match one. Steve Scaffa takes on the suicide blonde Chris Candido with Tammy Fitch. I believe Skyfire was in the last SMW show we watched, and I'm pretty sure I said this, and it still fits. I quote, he fought a guy named Steve Skyfire, so you can guess who won. Candido beats the dog shit out of old Steve and hits a superplex for the win. You know, this Steve Skyfire guy actually lasted quite a while in wrestling. Jobbing out. After a stint in Smoky Mountain, he went to ECW under the name EZ Money until it went out of business. Then he was in WCW in its last days and even wrestled at the last WCW pay-per-view, Greed, where he defeated Kiwi. I'm, I'm ashamed I missed that, I missed that one. I've never seen it. I haven't either. <laughs> the WWF picked up his... Maybe we should do it in March or whatever. Shut up! <laughs> on the network, so yeah, let's do it. At w- the WWF picked up his contract after they bought out WCW... But he only made it to developmental and was actually the heavyweight champion there before eventually being let go. Not too shabby for a Smoky Mountain jobber. Wouldn't that have been deep south at that point? No, probably. No, Heartland. it was like, no, this was, yeah, Heartland. Heartland yeah. wrestling, yeah. I was going to say Hazel Balls, but no, Hazel Balls. All the hazelnuts over there. This video looks fabulous on my 75 inch TV. I love it. It says 55. 55. Why did you make it bigger? Poor. Poor. <laughs> <laughs> 55 is downstairs. 75. 48 right here. That's like 13 years old. That's not 48. It is. This looks fabulous on my 402 inch TV. It looks great on my TV wall from Demolition Man. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, Candido's nickname here, terrible suicide blonde, is not something we should be calling Candido. Well, he didn't suicide. Yeah, in retrospect. They They probably didn't know. And yeah, he didn't, he didn't, suicide. He didn't commit suicide. Can you prove it? Yeah, he died from a blood clot. Stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he didn't. He didn't shoot himself, and the gun disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Candido has quite the hungry butt here. I know TJ appreciated that. I'm for it. Tammy here is a walking emblem of being beautiful on the outside and absolutely disgusting on the inside. But man, would you pay good money <sighs> yeah. to bang twenty-something-year-old Sonny? No. No. I'm afraid my dick would fall off. No. First of all, what if she became attached? Because I was like 14. Actually, I was like 12 here, but yeah. I beat my shit raw looking at her. But what if she was like, hey, I think I might like you. Like, shit. I knew I I mean, 
she, like I said, beautiful on that. Like she was so hot. She's a shit person, man. We have, be- we have learned that she is just the the worst, goddamnedest piece of trash that's ever walked the face of this. Like earth. if you gave me the the option, right like, behind Jim Baker. Do you want to have dinner with Whitey Bulger or Bulger Sonny, or Sonny? I'm I'm look, I'm gonna look real hard at Whitey. I'm, oh, I'm going with Whitey anyway. The story. I'm going. Man. I'm yeah. going with Heidi Fleiss. Like, can I you make it, make it an HJ under the table? Listen, well, there's that. I didn't. Yeah. You know what? I didn't consider that. But 370 um, hours straight of BJ Whitey. Can you <laughs> <laughs> on Jim Baker? We'll pass your community service. All right. I know your mouth's getting tired, but you're gonna need to ease up on the teeth there, hon. <laughs> oh, 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 baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, um, I like it raw. Scraping the skin off my scrotal. <laughs> Why do you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need you to take it easy on the racism, but let, let's hear about some of the mob stories. Yeah? <laughs> hey, if you want to book SMW in your hometown to help raise charity, they provide you the address and phone number for Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Dave, write that number down so we can see if we can sponsor Smoky Mountain Wrestling. 709-989-6819. I wonder if that's Jim Cornette's cell phone number. Call it. Wouldn't that be call tremendous? It, call it right now. While Dave's calling that. Up next, you see highlights from the tournament for the NWA World title. And it's 1994, and Jerry Lawler, Jerry Lawler still can't win the NWA title. Damn it! Candido beats Smothers in the finals. The but the highlights we see... Is not in service. Damn. Damn it! What? Uh, como allez-vous? <laughs> Did you speak Spanish and French at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I was really hoping someone was going to pick up like last time. It was going to be Cornette's ex-wife. I really wanted... I really Is this Steve I, <laughs> I wanted to book our own show, and I wanted to book the Dirty White Boy. That would have been fun. Is he dead? I don't know. But the highlights we see is from the first round matchup of Dirty White Boy against Jerry the King Lawler. Luckily, they told us before the clip highlights start that uh, Lawler lost the first round, so we know how this goes. This happens because Cornette goes to interfere for Lawler, misses after the match. The beatdown continues until young upstart Al Snow makes the run-in. Young upstart Al Snow. You guys know who beat Chris Candido for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship? Oh, they said in the show. Damn Tim it. Storm. No. Uh, 94. This wasn't the Shane Douglas thing. That was 93. So this was. Uh, this was. He won the belt after the Shane. This was him winning the belt after, after the Shane, Shane Douglas throwdown. Right. Um, so who defeated Candido for the belt? And he held it for like six years. I can't remember. Dan Severn. Oh, that's right. Duh. He went to WWF as the NWA world champion. God, I'm stupid. They walk into this, and I'm not sure what Jerry Lawler going after the Dirty White Boy has to do with anything, really. Like, they were just matched up in this tournament. Why? Uh, whatever. Dirty White Boy is what would happen if a trucker became champion. Because That's really I, giving yeah. truckers a bad name. Yeah. Ah, a little cross-promotion work here with that tournament. And Lawler's promo here. Jesus H. Tap Dancing Christ. <laughs> About two minutes too long, and he's just blah, 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 blah. It's, he is literally vomiting words onto that microphone. You know what's great too is that in '94, Vince is using Smoky Mountain as a developmental. He's also using USWA as a developmental. They're both in the NWA World Heavyweight Title Tournament 
So essentially, this was hey the WWE Championship, the future WWE <laughs> Super. They should have got a match and beat Bret Hart. That I mean that's probably too far. Diesel was the champion here. He was. No, they could have beat him too. They could have beat Bret because he got beat by old ass Bob back. Bob back one. Yeah, this Lawler interview was very long. But God, watch it. He's so much better as a heel than a face. His I face prefer him as a US, pervert. His, no. his yeah, his face shit in USWA is bad, terrible. But it's they're pushing Memphis versus Knoxville. Who gives a shit? Well, the people Kane. who are watching this did. Kane, I'm, pull, I'm Kane pulling for Nashville, shit. bitch. Nashville, TNA, TNA. I, I love Nashville. Nashville was Jeff a fun Jarrett. Show. Yeah, pull for <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. No. We we need to go back to Nashville when we don't have anything to do. I, um, hey, I live me two and Dave. Me and Dave both live two hours from it. Go ahead. I'm in. Fly I'm on in. down. Maybe we can do that karaoke thing we never actually got to do. <laughs> Up next, we get an interview with a dirty white boy who is the uh, Smoky Mountain champion, I think. With this resolution, it almost looks like a hungover Steve Austin. <laughs> now we see a pre-tape with Jerry Lawler. Not one of Lawler's best promos. But Lawler does say he'll be going to Knoxville to take on the dirty white boy. Afterwards, we go back to DWB, and, you know, we've we sponsored some indie shows and been to quite a few. I think it's time we go to Knoxville on January the 28th for Dirty White Boy versus Lawler for the Smoky Mountain title. What do you guys I'm think? In. We need our uh, DeLorean. I can get one of those, too. Dirty White Boy looks like a plumber. He does. He does look like a plumber. He sounds like a truck driver. He's not a truck driver. He's a plumber. At the end... Grandpa Munster comes out and says Buddy Landell deserves the title match. Up next, we see how you can order the Night of Legends, which I actually have a DVD copy of. Uh, I'm going to need to borrow that. Okay. I have it on uh, 8mm film. It's probably on YouTube. I think it's in this room, actually. We need to find find that and do a show on it. Is that one of those originals you bought or... No, I know oh. the, the original. I have originals of Ring of Honor. I have Ring of Honor master tapes. This I bought after after market. So, can we talk about how bad Mitchell Trubisky is as a quarterback? Yes. Uh, as, as a Bears fan, he's not great. He's Up throwing next, two interceptions. Weird. That sounds about right. Up next, we see highlights of the Rock and Roll Express against the Infernos. The Express Disco. No, uh, no, because this is they they could actually wrestle. Oh, okay. I don't know how their booking was, but they could wrestle. The Express have Cornette in their corner, and that asshat New Jack is on commentary. Rock and roll get the win, and then the gangsters hit the ring. Cornette brings out extra tennis rackets as the Express get the upper hand. Again, it's the Rock and Roll Express, not the Midnight Express. I was really hoping we'd get New Jack on commentary. As we all know, that's a strong suit. I, I was really surprised he didn't say something incredibly stupid. <sighs> Gotta love the covert uh, racism here in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, though. Oh, it wasn't covert. I thought New Jack was great. It yeah. wasn't covert. Smoky Mountain fans hated the gangsters. Way better than the mask face over on AEW. Oh, he's terrible. Yeah, fuck that guy, too. Absolutely. Actually, I want I want to see a wrestling match where New Jack and Mask Face, as Dave calls him, call a match together. Just those two. Well, New Jack's dead. Tope Suicida, and you get stabbed in the neck. <laughs> yeah, you just see New Jack just turn around in his chair. and. <laughs> um, 
The Smoky Mountain was pr- it probably is the best version of New Jack because you know Cornette actually had rules and whatnot. Yeah, I liked Smoky Mountain back in the day. It was good. And again, for people to say Cornette's out of touch and Smoky Mountain only lasted four years, four well, years wasn't out of touch in '94. Well, even still, four years as a territory in the early '90s is absurd that they they lasted four years. He's no OVW, but. Correct. Which, spoiler alert, still he did, he did that too. Match but, two, well, sort of. Well, it was him he and got, Danny. He Davis. got kicked out. Yeah, it, yeah, it was him and Danny Davis. Match two, D'Lo Brown takes on one of the Infernos. I forgot Disco? what his, his name was. Fire the Inferno. It was Stop. Disco Inferno. My, Legit. My, his I, name was Fire. I'm glad Dave told me that because my next sentence is I forgot what his name was. So thank yeah, you. I was hoping it was going to be Ice, but it was Fire. Ice the Inferno. Ice the Inferno. <laughs> Water the Inferno. Fire Department the Inferno. Irish Spring. During the match, Buddy Landell is yelling and screaming on commentary about how he's the number one contender. Here's a classic line from Jim Ross. You just got here. How are you the number one contender? <laughs> Then Landell grabs a mic, gets in the ring, and calls out Dirty White Boy. Dirty White Boy takes off his shirt to reveal his chiseled and refined John Candy physique. But Landell begs him. (laughs) Great line. Fire the Inferno. D'Lo is crazy young here. Still fat. Then here comes... Old nature boy, Buddy Landell. Every time I see that fucker, I just laugh. <laughs> How can you try to use the nature boy gimmick when Flair is still wrestling? Well, here's the worst part. This is like the 13th year he's he's had it. Maybe I should become the nature boy Dollar Bill Dave and get into the business. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if now. To be fair, time. Flair is still going to end up wrestling in AEW. I was gonna say, with, with all the negative attention Flair's getting right now, I don't know if now's the time. <laughs> Pick a better, pick a better one. My only thing is, is why didn't Fire the Inferno or D'Lo attack Buddy Landell? They just stood there looking like a bunch of idiots. D'Lo left. D'Lo just left. I don't, he I don't blame him. Interrupted their match, and they're just looking at him like, "Hey, guy. Hey, I don't. Can you, and who's the heel here? Like, what is this bullshit? Can you please not do that? We're trying to have a wrestling competition <laughs> here." Buddy Landell has never been the number one contender for anything. Fact. Bay Landell. One contender his, for drugs. His name needs to be Bay Landale from now. <laughs> <laughs> Bay Landell may be the worst promo ever. He's literally all right. So he got the line right the first time. He said, he "You did. don't give hamburger." To a man used to eating a steak. But when he got in the ring, it was in front of a crowd. He pissed his pants and said, you don't give steak to a man that's used to eating a hamburger. He said it three times the rest of the show. And it was wrong every time. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. By the way, I wonder how... You don't give a milkshake to a girl with milky boobies. (laughs) (laughs) How how did the hotline they advertise with Jim Ross go over and... Mid or not mid south. It made <laughs> what, what is it, this? It made mid South Carolina Championship Wrestling. Whatever you know, it just made just dollars. They're like, hey, uh, <laughs> it made dollars on top of dollars. It, tens and, it made it tens a, and tens of cents. It was a dollar ninety nine a minute. 
We're doing a competition next week. If you call in and name the intersection of the bank Bruiser Bedlam just robbed, we're going to give you two <laughs> tickets to pull them out Hey, $1.99 a minute. You know it was New Jack robbing it. <laughs> it's $1.99 a minute, and somehow they owe $4 for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Up next. What the shit of- is this? <laughs> <laughs> Speak of the devil, and he appears. Now we get a segment with Bruiser Bedlam and Jim Cornette. Bruiser wants more title shots, and Cornette is explaining himself while JR is stirring the pot. I actually like this. Rude is right after this promo. Bedlam robbed the Salvation Army of all their Christmas presents. <laughs> I made that up. That I know that didn't actually happen. But up next, we have a Confederate flag draped Tracy Smothers, and Tracy tells us that he would have beaten Buddy Landell had he not pulled uh, pulled that. What if oh pulled his tights is what it's supposed to say. And oh, pulled out his bill of rights. And he pulled out the bill of rights and said, Listen, here you can get tag there. Get. <laughs> um oh no, wait, I know what I was trying to say. Smothers said he would have won had Buddy Landell not pulled that out of his tights. His penis? No. His dick out and slapped him <laughs> in his meat. This is what's fun because he doesn't clarify what he rubbed that it on was. his belly button. Here, he just says, this. if you wouldn't have pulled that out of your tights, never says what that is. I was counting out because he pulled his schlong out and started beating <laughs> it right in the middle of the ring, and I didn't <laughs> want it to spit on me. It might have been a dick. We don't know. He didn't Could have gotten it on one of the stars and bars. <laughs> <laughs> There's some weird section of the internet that has porn that just people jacking off on the Confederate flag. <laughs> I got I got my general lead and I cried all the way home that night. <laughs> While listening to Freebird. Take a gander at this, Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen the Bruiser Bedlam episode of Dark Side of the Ring, please figure out a way to watch it. Yes. I've not. That I guy's story it. is crazy. Timmy, you haven't watched it? No. Oh, you need to. Worse than New Jack? No. Yes. Eh. Different, different reasons di- different crazy gotcha yeah. this guy's bombing fucking police stations and yeah yeah crazy he was in a biker gang canadian biker gang canadian biker gang and they were not polite <laughs> they're mounted mounted <laughs> gangs canadian horse gang they're they're on tricycles they wrote they play a lot of polo <laughs> yeah but he was in a canadian biker gang and apparently was like legit crazy yeah they're like Cornette's like, you never would have known. Nicest guy ever. Never yeah. would have known. Dude's insane. They're like running coke and killing people. Like it's it's pretty crazy. Trubisky almost just threw another interception. Well, what about the Brooklyn Brawler? I well, I saw Bruiser Bedlam and said, Is this the Brooklyn Brawler or is he the guy from over the top? Nice. They're, they're, I thought he looked like a mix of the Iron Sheik and Nikita Koloff. Mm. Looks terrible, wow. is what he looks like. Mm. And steroided Nikita Koloff. And apparently he is flat. terrible. So you you mean 87 Koloff, not 92. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Match three. Brian Anderson takes on Steve Michaels. Actually, Anderson. It's actually Anthony Michaels. So I'm glad you told me that because my next sentence is apparently every job guy in this territory is named Steve. His, his name was Anthony Michaels. Oh. It should I don't be know how Sean, you got Steve. Sean Michaels. I... Well, it shows you how closely I was paying attention to this match. <laughs> Bryant is the son of Ole Anderson. 
unlike most of the other Andersons in wrestling, this one's legit. Like, he's actually only son. Anderson wins after working the arm the entire match and then getting an arm bar. I don't think Michael's got to move in, although, again, mm-hmm. I just admitted I wasn't paying attention. Up next, we get a promo with Bryant. JR said before his match that Bryant had the charisma of plain oatmeal. He wasn't wrong. <laughs> he was Same dead with on. his dad. He was dead on. Yeah, after the match and interview, it's no wonder Bryant Anderson didn't make it in the business. Anderson. Although after retiring, he became a lawyer. Didn't see that coming. These guys look like midget wrestlers. Why? They look tiny. Like okay. they're like the ro- they're just the little white top guys. Ropes hitting around. them in the back of the head when they're yeah, running off the ropes. They were terrible. Lord, and Jarrah says that Cornet has his finger in every pie. Hey, I'm not sure about that, but I heard his wife had her finger in. Never mind. Hmm. Also, they stole my line from earlier in the show. They're not. By the way, I didn't know Jr. said that in the show. That's why I said it. I wrote the Anderson, notes first. Anderson wins with the elbow hump. I don't know what elbow kind of hump finish that is. Horny it, is what kind yeah, of. Finish he, I mean, it looked like he was real horny. I, I'm gonna hump your elbow till you give up. Give me please something. Stop, please stop humping my elbow. I give this, up. Fine. Just give me something. <laughs> he could stick it in your cast hole. Ah. And hump your elbow now, ah, Timmy. It probably smells in there. If you put some lube in there, just slide right in. <laughs> I spit on it. Stop <laughs> it. Up next, we get a promo for the Rumble Rules Battle Royal with the rules and the stipulations. They described this match with Welcome to the Jungle playing in the background. We old have to watch t- this. Old school territory wrestling is just awesome. They'll put, they're just blatantly playing Guns N' Roses. Doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I feel like I've seen this Rumble Rules Battle Royal somewhere before. Mm-hmm. Someone refresh me. Where, 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 where did I see it? We actually saw one of these in Nashville. Yeah. In front no, of we, saw, we saw one in St. Louis. We didn't oh, see that's it right. Nashville. It was St. Louis. It we was saw St. Louis. a tractor in Nashville. We did see a tractor in Nashville, yes. I have to see this Rumble Rules Battle Royal. It's going to be the Royal Rumble. You will. You'll well, see I know it had the same. It was, it, Me and TJ won't be there. It, but this had the same rules as the Royal Rumble. Right. Coming in two minutes. Really? But the winner gets, gets $10,000. Smoky Mountain's like, we got to see who drew, uh, drew number 12. Because that's how to many stars fair, we have. To be fair, I think $10,000 is still more than Hacksaw or Big John Stud ever saw. You know who one of the best stars winner. in Smoky Mountain Wrestling was? Hmm. Hollywood Bob Holly. That's right. He dressed like Bret Hart and wore sunglasses. That's right. Name was Hollywood Bob Holly. That is and correct. he wanted the belt. And he, like talked like he was, and he talked like he was from Mobile, Alabama. Because <laughs> he was. And they tried to say he's from New York, which is even... Oh, no, he's from Hollywood. Hollywood. Which is tremendous. It'd be weird if Hollywood Bob Holly... From Bronx, that from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> you know what? If you're gonna do a a bad gimmick a, again, a bad gimmick with a guy from Alabama who's clearly from Alabama when he speaks, do Hollywood Bob Holly from Bronx. That's the best way to do it. Speaking of that, main event, more music here as Brian Lee comes out to defend his Smoky Mountain beat the champ television title with. Everybody wants you by Billy Squire. I don't know that song. What? Yes, you do. You lying ass. You just pulled out oh, disco shit. Nine, 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 nine,
<laughs> disco shit. That's better than disco duck. Just disco disco, disco shit. <laughs> disco shit. <laughs> then Buddy Landell comes out to some disco version of Flair's music. It was terrible. It was it was horrible. It was awful. It was I worse than it. Charlotte. I'm I'm gonna buy me some Buddy Landell merch. I absolutely I'm getting boots. <laughs> Timmy, here you Can go. Wait. Landell has said on this show, you don't give hamburger to a man who's used to eating steak. If that's true, the audience is getting rump roast with this version of the Nature Boy. Thank you. I enjoyed both announcers just shitting all over Landell and how many times he sabotaged his own career. Jim Ross. I would literally like to see JR shit on Buddy Landell. I mean, you can almost literally hear JR's belt buckle coming undone. As Landell is coming out, I'm going to wash his pants off. I'm ready to... Just a bucket. Five-gallon bucket next to him. What's crazy is one year later, Buddy Landell was wrestling in WWE. He was. And almost beat Shawn Michaels Under in a WWE hood, right? title. Or Intercontinental no, title he was as Nature Boy Buddy Landell. Because yeah. at the December pay-per-view, he wrestled Ahmed Johnson in December of 95. And I actually, hope Ahmed Johnson destroyed him. He, did. Sm- well, he Yeah, he ended his career. But in Smoke, not really. <laughs> but in Smoky Mountain, he actually wrestled Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title and almost beat him. Yeah, I doubt it. They actually said when he was in Smoky Mountain, he got his shit together. But the beginning, not so much. Well, so, it was because Sonny was trying to suck Michaels off during the match. Well, also he's forty-one. And he probably knows this is his last shot. And it was a dry county. He couldn't get beer. Also that. <laughs> but he could get meth. Yes. I especially love Landell ripping off Flair spots as if the spots are why Flair got over. Ross says Landell's lost 15 to 20 pounds, meaning he looked like Adrian Adonis when he debuted there. <laughs> Landell was pinning Brian Lee with his feet on the ropes. After the match, we get another promo from Buddy Landell. Because that, that's what we needed. Sure. I. You know what I was really craving at this time? Some more Buddy Landell. He was he was trying to feed more hamburger to a guy eating steak. Listen, you want some A1? If only his in-ring ability matches promo skills, we might have had something. Let me tell you something, which he said 11 times. This is how we go off the air. You got to love the beat the champ. Another championship in one of these indie promotions that don't even have a belt. Give me the belt. <laughs> but yeah, the saying. Landell's music was crazy ripoff. But I was watching this and just laughing. A couple months before this, Brian Lee was wrestling in the main event of SummerSlam as the fake Undertaker. That's correct. Faker. Underfaker. That dude fell hard and fell fast. Although apparently that match was supposed to be a lot more. But Brett and Owen ran way too long, so it really cut down that match. Because that match was only like eight minutes. Because mm-hmm. that's what Brett does. No, I'm pretty sure if Timmy had on black underwear, I don't wear bleach blonde his hair, he'd look just like Buddy Landell, the Nature Boy Timmy C of SCW. I I would be a Nature Boy. What are you? I'm the Nature Boy. (laughs) Ric Flair? No, Timmy Timmy C. Nature Boy Timmy C. Like your hair. Here's my music. Do do do. Your hair is brown. You have a top <laughs> knot. I don't have a top. I can't do a top knot. You're wearing overalls. Louis, nothing yeah, about you says. Timmy can't do a top knot anymore because his arm's all magoo. <laughs> That's right. Magoo. His arm's magoo. He can't do a top knot, but he can do the he, Lorax. He'd be like this. 
All right, do you all right, hold on just a second? <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, like I'm, I said, Timmy's I'm, Timmy's the I'm Lorax. Literally John Cena with No, you're you're, you're, you're the Lorax. Do 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 See, you actually look like a normal human being. You should take the sunglasses off. Yeah, you there look like is. you look like way. I mean, your eyes are small, but you look like way less of an asshole. <laughs> I, I, but I'm way an asshole. There's a certain general manager of SmackDown that would agree with that. Right <laughs> you look like Paul Heyman at 86. I got kiss my ass too. Lando is literally at this point a direct ripoff of Ric Flair, and it's absolutely stupid. They're even trying to hide it. Why are we talking about Landell's tech situation? What? I don't know. They said something about his tech. I don't know. I don't think they did. <laughs> Fine, I'll cut it. Whatever. I think, no, no, no. What? You have to leave that in. That's more tech. Talk to by, tech type. That's tremendous. By God, he cheated to win. Yeah. Nobody saw that your feet were on the ropes because you keep telling them, I didn't put my feet on the ropes. Shut up, fat ass. Nobody likes you. You know what we need to do next year for 24? Can we just watch the entire year of Smoking Mountains? No, because put it on YouTube in every order. week. I'm in. Let's do it. This is they my have, favorite They show. have all of 1994 on YouTube. I want to watch 1996 SmackDown. Well, next year it'd be 95. Right? Let's so do we it. have to watch all 95. I'm in. So, awesome. so That's what we're doing. I hate Tim it. can't do this. Right. You can't. I can. I if Tim got arrested, the cops would shoot him. They'd be like, "Put your arms up." He'd be like, <laughs> "I can only, I can do, I can do up, I can do down." Don't ask me to straighten it. Cuff my strong hand. It's <laughs> as far as this is as straight as my arm gets right now. Can we spend an hour making fun of Timmy's cast? Because it's my yeah. favorite thing right now. <laughs> hey, I want to write blood. my name on it. That's blood right there. No, it's not. It's it from is Uranus. Exactly. That's, ten, that's ten. That's ten W thirty. All right. I- <laughs> You think I've been changing oil with my hands? Yes. I'm going to make him think I'm bleeding. There's a better chance that it's vegetable oil. Well, you, yeah, okay. Okay, there, fat tits. You, you got that right. If you enjoyed this week's episode, <laughs> I love you, too. Hey, y'all. Please let us know. Give us that five star review wherever you get your podcast and send a DM to Timmy. Send him some Dave, get off your goddamn ready. phone. Make sure to follow that. Well, he's following us on Twitter at FF Podcast, on Instagram at Filter Free Podcast. Follow our Patreon network at Filter Free Net. And of course, watch on Premiere on Twitter. Become a member. Watch us. The, again, if you're not watching the video, I don't know what to tell what you. Are you doing? You're missing a lot. Because it's way better than the audio. You're missing a lot. As for us, you can find us on our social media platforms at Dave. What's your Twitter account? Get on X. No. And no. I want you to tweet. Fuck Kirk Herbstreit. You can't tweet on X. Get on X and I want you to X. Fuck Kirk Herbstreit. And tag me. At Dave in the HSV. I'm going to make Kirk Herbstreit tag you. Who's Herbstreit? I don't know. (laughs) Timmy. At Timmy C1979 on Twitter. Boy, that one's right. And I am at TC91. Next week, we're going to cover an episode of Wrestling Challenge from December 18th, 1988, also on YouTube, Timmy. Yes!
NBC pays out the ass for the 92 Olympic Games. Roy Oberson says farewell. Roy Sports- Oberson? Orberson. <laughs> Orberson. Roy Oswalsh, Houston Astros legend. <laughs> Sports Center hits a milestone and so much more. This has been the Filter Free Podcast and so long for now. Joke of the week. I'm in. What do you call a Christmas wreath made out of $100 bills? Aretha Franklin's. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs>